my God, don't tell me, don't tell me. Uh, 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 no peeking. <laughs> Ted Kaczynski! <laughs> Where did they find Jimmy you? Jimmy Mallory, you old bull shark. How the hell are you? Not bad. Good. So, uh, what have you been up to? I've been doing a lot of writing. Yeah, really? <laughs> you uh, get anything published? Yeah, one thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, uh, where you been living now? I got this great little place up in the woods. It's real secluded and gives me a lot of times to tinker around with my hobbies. Oh, I, I remember your hobbies. Hey, cut it out! <laughs> oh, my God, it's Ted Kaczynski, isn't it? Hey, Walter, hey. Emily, look, it's Ted. Hey, the whole gang's here. <laughs> hey, Eddie, what are you up to nowadays? Well, Ted, I'm an industrialist. No yeah. way, yeah. I'm an industrialist, <laughs> too. Oh, me, too. I uh, chop down trees and build computers. What about you? I work for a company that dumps ink into the ocean. Oh, that's wow. fabulous. That's, that's, that's just great. You know, guys, we just got to keep in touch. Hey, make sure you give me all your addresses before we leave, okay? <laughs> hey, look, I got to go, guys. Welcome to Five Star Manifesto, where we discuss, question, and judge the commandments, mission statements, and aspirational words that people live by, one five-star rating at a time. I am Keith Bavakwa, and as always, I am joined by Mr. Mike Bass. What's up, Keith? How you doing? It's 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 Thursday and I'm I'm hyped because I have a desk. I had a week off of work, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't go anywhere because this coronavirus, and so I found a slab of wood and I found a way to mount it to the wall, and so I feel way more professional recording to this this with you today. So I'm sure that's going to impact how I how I what I say and what I, how I speak. Let's see. I think uh, the little project you've endeavored on is definitely going to impact. Uh, what you say and how you speak and what you think about how you say and speak it because think, mm. because what we're talking about today the amazing I, I'm coming out I'm coming out hot here the amazing oh. manifesto industrial society and its future today we are talking about the Unabomber manifesto uh, the Unabomber manifesto was originally published in 1995 and it is the work of Ted Theodore Kaczynski. Uh, or should I say Theodore Ted Kaczynski. The public knows him mostly as Ted Kaczynski. And mostly through the criminal sketch artist image that was created in the mid-80s. A ominous looking figure with an unshaven face, aviator sunglasses, and a hoodie sweatshirt on, but isn't he like in... way too cool? Like he like actually looks like what I aspired to look like when I was nine years old. Like when I was young, that's who I wanted to be. Oh, the the Unabomber uh, criminal sketch, uh, especially the updated, because there's two different oh, versions. No, no. The updated one is very cool, <laughs> and that is part of the problem why it took so long for him to be caught. Um, but um, it was like a distraction, like it took on a life of its own. And then people started to think of the fictional character as more of the person than actually a real person. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, th I think um, that's very much a part of uh, the, the narrative, the, the yeah. lore of the Unabomber. Um, but his manifesto uh, was published in 1995 um, by the Washington Post in an attempt to catch the Unabomber, uh, to catch Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski was a former college professor. Uh, he taught at Berkeley, UC Berkeley, um, and he is a trained mathematician. Uh, supposedly, he has an IQ of 167, 168, um, whatever scale <laughs> IQ tests are still judged on. Um, a very, very smart man, and he wrote this very long 35,000-word 35, manifesto um, over a number of years, and it's written in a semi-academic style um, that is fitting to him 
as an individual, um, but also uh, is very important in the messages that he is trying to get out. Um, and he wrote it in a little tiny shack in the Mount Montana woods, uh, a shack without running water, without electricity, basically separated from the rest of the world. His main connection to the world was creating and mailing package bombs uh, through the Postal Service to industrial leaders, aviation executives, college professors like himself, geneticists, other scientists, um, all in a bid to attack and reveal industrial society that his manifesto wants to remove or destroy in the hopes of creating more freedom for mankind. Um, that's uh, the base level. That's a little bit of the backstory. Um, but I, I kind of want to get into this. And the, and the first question I'll ask is, you know, before we decided to, to talk about manifestos in general, but specifically the Unabomber manifesto, uh, Mike, what do you know, what did you know about the Unabomber before we, we started on this uh, episode? Yeah, I'm going to sound dumb here, but I, I didn't know much. I, 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 I knew nothing. I, I think the fact that I knew close to nothing, like I knew, I knew the title. I remember the SNL sketch with Will Ferrell, but like, <laughs> I, I didn't know like really much of his philosophy. And, and, and I, I, it's one of the questions that I have been asking is like, you know, I, I, I've, I've read Lewis Mumford. I've read Jacques Alula. I've, I've read people that have this so, sort of, tech, you know, anti-tech anarchist like vibe them. And, and of course, like Keith, you both and I, you know, we, we, uh, we went to school for study to media and, and, and media and capitalism in large part. And like, we didn't, you don't, this, the, this manifesto does not come up. It doesn't come up in those, in those, those sorts of rings. Um, and so like, uh, when, when, you know, first things first, when it's time for Keith and I do a podcast, you, you, you search Netflix uh, to see if there's already any content <laughs> on it. Uh, and, I, and I'm watching the special and it, it was a twist. I'll be honest. Like it was a twist. Um, I mean, con co context also, I, when, when he was arrested, um, I was, I was in elementary school. So I, I, I was, you know, young and so I don't have the memory of the situation much either. Yeah, I, I don't have, I remember vaguely the, uh, the criminal artist uh, sketch, but beyond that, I, I don't, I don't remember any real details about who the bomber, who the Unabomber was, what his manifesto was. Um, th this is the first time I've read it, um, but I, I kind of got the idea and, and, and came to you about Five Star Manifesto based on a conversation I listened right. to uh, from our mutual professor and mutual friends, uh, Douglas Rushkoff, Rushkoff and uh, Brian Hughes, um, mm -hmm. a, a professor now in his own right, um, talking on Rushkoff's podcast, Team Human, about very briefly the nature of manifestos you know, what manifestos are good to read, what manifestos are not good to read. And, you know, Hughes brings up the Unabomber manifesto that it's worth reading. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I began thinking about it, like what manifestos are good, what manifestos are bad. So yeah. there wouldn't be five-star manifesto without the <laughs> Unabomber manifesto. What um, a way to introduce Ted. Most people say, hey, we just want to say we don't condone what he did. We're like, thank you. You inspired us. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If those three people he murdered were not murdered, you and I wouldn't be talking right now, which is a weird, weird thing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm afraid of where that, where that conversation could go. Um, I, I will... Um, 
we will come back to that conversation, that part, that part <laughs> of the conversation. And yeah. then it's, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm more positive than you think on that matter. <laughs> I, I, I believe, I hope. Okay. As we, as we move on and as we get to, you know, our final, our, our main question, what do we give this manifesto? Um, this manifesto for, for me is very, very like a source material um, for this, um, for the podcast in more ways than one. Um, the, the main thrust of the Unabomber Manifesto, which is not called technically the Unabomber Manifesto, but is called Industrial Society and Its Future, um, it's important to go over a couple key things. Um, for, for people that have not read it yet, we encourage our listeners to go out, find the manifesto. It will be included in the uh, episode notes. Um, but real quick, <clears throat> sorry, I'm going on here. Uh, the manifesto is a creed or mission statement against industrialized society and the technology that underwrites it. Kaczynski believes that the technological system we live under now severely limits our freedom and that the only way to get um, societal and individual freedom is to remove technological society. Uh, man is you know, governed by certain psychological needs and those are subverted and harmed by technology. Uh, he doesn't go into great description on how that comes about, but he does say that it, it will need to be a revolution. It'll need to be a global revolution and there will be need for a dismantling of the technological system that, <laughs> that makes virtually all human life on the, on the world possible, um, including this very podcast. So, um, yeah. Uh, there, you know, there's many other working parts in it, but um, what what strikes you on, on on first read? What strikes you the most, Mike? Yeah, the, so the on Five Star Manifesto, I think you know we're not talking just about like we're talking about the writing of the manifesto itself, not just the ideas. And I want to start in that because the the manifesto it's 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 long. What is it? It's like 34 uh, pages of you know the same way you would read a scholarly piece. And, mm -hmm. and one of the first items that he talks about and focuses on is, um, is the left. And, and he's really loves the term leftist uh, and really personifying the people and, and really uh, kind of expresses a sense of dismay and frustration uh, as if they're a real pain in his rear end. But he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't really clear why, but and then, and then he digs into the meat of it about, you know, how um, there's this conflict between uh, technological development and, and what he thinks of as societal good. But then of course he closes out the manifesto back at square one, uh, tearing into those damn leftists. And we can talk about that. I think it's a really interesting, that, that specific thing about the left is interesting, but the way that he starts it and finishes it, first of all, I'm asking like, why? That, that's traditionally not like, it's not like a real scholarly rhythm to that that I that I know of, uh, but but what it shows is like a sense of like personal like dis uh, like disgust like like he's he's definitely got like he's got something to some sort of frustration or, or personal issue, and it, and it really like it's a it's a it's some sort of symbol of 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 Ted Kaczynski's humanity and uh, like how he feels as a human being. Um, and yeah. really maybe like, yeah. the, even though he has this face of, of saying, I'm out here to tell the world, like why, why it's on a bad course and why it needs to change. He also has this other agenda that he wants to get across. And this really feels like two essays combined into one. Interesting. Okay. Um. So I, I think he, he, you know, he, he can't, if you, if you get an opportunity to write in the, in the, in the Washington post, you can't, you know, I guess you could, you could talk about the leftists, but like, he felt more, he, he, there's clearly a conflict. I don't know. Did you, did you, I, I guess Keith Ward, where do you want to share a little bit about what he says about the leftist? And then I'm curious to hear how you see that fitting into the context of like the real thesis of, of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think your point that it, it is kind of just jarring or uh, not just jarring, but jarring um, and feels like two different essays kind of sandwiched or, or, or smashed together um, is interesting. I, I, I think that's a little bit different than maybe what I was thinking, but I, yeah. I, I agree. I, I think that totally makes sense um, when you're when you reread and, and think about the structure he's put together. So he, he first um, talks about leftism very, very early on um, with, within the first uh, two or three pages. Um, let me bring up um, the first section. He talks about leftists. Um, begins talking about leftists when he's describing um, over-socialization, basically how people are controlled and, you know, how people become docile in technological society. Um, so the leftist of the over-socialized type tries to get off his physiological leash and assert his autonomy by rebelling, but usually he's not strong enough to rebel against the most basic values of society. <laughs> and that's, that's when he begins to talk about leftists and says that, you know, leftists are kind of a worst case scenario of the subverted power process is what he comes to call the psychological needs that humans have that are that are harmed by technology um, and that essentially leftists are the prime example of people who uh, substitute the very human true power process for these surrogate activities he calls them uh, activities such as, uh, you know, movement politics, activities such as social justice activism, uh, jobs that, you know, society generally deems as being very moralistic. Um, and he really faults the leftist. It seems like people on the political left spectrum, they're the ones that are really going to mess up this revolution. <laughs> And, 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 and extend off that, like he get, it gets personal. He's like, he, he refers to leftists as uh, having self-esteem issues and feelings of powerlessness and defeatism, being hypersensitive uh, uh, and uh, feeling uh, in, inferior. And, and like, he really like, he uses these really powerful emotional words um, to tear into, to, he's not thinking of a movement as much as it sounds like he's talking about a person. Maybe this yeah. is me, like, just like taking it personally. I don't know, but uh, no, no. I think you're, sp I think you're spot on on that. I think yeah. that that comes really shining through. Um, I think the the documentary that both both you and I watched, um, and also the docudrama <laughs> that's oh. also available on Netflix that I watched the entirety of. I don't know if you went down I, that I, rabbit I, hole. Yeah. It, it, it's okay. You don't have to, <laughs> but um, that also comes up. Like this is someone like pissed off at, you know, uh, campus leftists. Um, and in many ways, I mean, he, he was a professor when politics really took over academia that, you know, mm -hmm. that, uh, I do not want to use the word cultural Marxism because that's not really a thing, but there is um, academic Marxism that you, you think about, um, you think about societal effects and psychological effects and even the creation of technology through a strictly Marxist prism. And it, it seems like for him, like that's not only, you know, problematic and detrimental to the revolution that he wants to ferment, but at a personal level, he just doesn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, I'll, I'll be, I, I think that's right. And I, I'll be honest, like that's where I actually, I, I appreciate this, especially like in our, this time, like, you know, I, in my evenings, I, I pull up my iPad and I scroll through Twitter and it is refreshing to be reminded that 
like there's a, 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 a world and ideology beyond the, the what we see now is left and right. And like, right. like I yeah. think, I think I'll be honest, like I needed this reminder, like I, I needed this, like I needed to, we, I think we all need to remember that, uh, that like politics is not the same as good and evil. Like, and then that, I think I swear that's what our brains start, our brains start to paralyze those, those ideas of, of, you know, Satan and God, you know, like, and, or Jesus. And like, it, 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 that's just not, that's not, obviously it's not what it is. And it, it's refreshing to see someone, I'm not gang gang or anything, but like, it's refreshing to see someone <laughs> like kind of saying like, fuck you to, to both. Uh, like, like. Uh, yeah, in that's what Sanders Absolutely. was sort of, but like, but this is this is this goes even further. Yeah, uh, this is this is deeply conservative in a classical individualistic sense, um, which yeah, it is kind of refreshing. I mean, it's <laughs> it's kind of like meeting. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like meeting a anarchist libertarian yeah who <laughs> who actually um who, who actually cares about what they're shoveling <laughs> no i know yeah. that's 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 an that's a terrible i don't mean to i've uh -oh. i i have friends who are libertarian don't don't come after me but i but i mean i i feel like sometimes whether you're left of center or right of center you just end up like moving to one side yeah. and those are the two poles yeah and you're never gonna find someone that's like like i don't know like it, this this past week was a big brouhaha over the the harper's letter mm -hmm. talking about um what's been deemed cancel culture mm -hmm. um and andrew uh, Andrew Sullivan, uh, Sullivan, Andrew Sullivan from uh, New York Magazine chimed in. I guess he is no longer going to be writing for New York Magazine. Right. Uh, but to be honest, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, okay, fine, fine, Andrew. <laughs> right. um, but it's it's interesting because Andrew Sullivan is a socially very very progressive person. He is a what in the early nineties were log cabin Republicans, gay Republicans who, you know, you know, wanted to get away from uh, the ideas of Buckley and Reagan. Mm. Um, but all at the same, at the same level was like, people should be able to do whatever they want. <laughs> like, right. you know, like maybe we also should have people have healthcare. Like it was just like a mishmash of political identities that, you know, on their surface is very like conservative in many aspects, but by no means fits into these poles that we feel like we've been pulled towards. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if that is that kind of what you're what you're talking about, like just the fact that this is something wholly different. Yeah, I I I, I think um, I think that's wholly right. different than what we're experiencing now. And whether whether I agree with it or not, it's 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 refreshing to get a slap in the face. Um, I, th I think I think we all we all kind of need that, and it helps us kind of re kind of you know wipe the slate clean and and help you rethink you know what 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 do you value, what do you believe? Uh, I mean, the, the the truth is like I'll, <laughs> there was a there was a it's made uh, there was a tweet. Twitter made me feel better about saying this. There was a tweet I loved that this 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 person says uh you know who out there is a libertarian a former libertarian convert uh and the response is like the tweet blew up and i and i responded to it. i said yeah there was a stint when i worked for the city of austin that i was frustrated and i saw a lot of bad things happening uh and and i and i um i was i was pseudo i i, I identified as a pseudo libertarian at that point uh because it was because it was just, it felt like I was breaking outside of the bounds that were served to me, which actually the fact that very well serves uh, part of Kaczynski's points. Maybe I was, I was having that sense of inferiority and, and, and was trying to find my circuit activity or uh, kind of engage with the power process some way and, and feeling some sense of liberation, even though I was purely 
subscribing to another well-defined organized way of thought that would lock me into another pattern um and and, and uh so yeah i i think there's some there's some value there um i agree i totally agree what yeah. what did keith did you um did you know did, at the towards the towards the end uh he starts to dig into like what would it look like? What what he talks about revolutions and 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 he 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 references the French Revolution is an example of a true revolution. The American Revolution, what we call the American Revolution, is not an actual revolution because it, it was an extension of what was already happening in Britain at the time, a sense of 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 democracy, and and just speeding the process up. Um, and um, but but he calls a revolution is necessary, and. And then, and then he, he, he defines like he, what, what he calls small scale technology um, and organizational dependent technology. And he, and he makes this difference, this, this, this separation between these two to, uh, to draw a line in the sand of, of, of what we need to combat. And so small scale technology is, uh, there's, there's no record of uh, regression. So for example, uh, a fork is a fork is always going to be a fork unless for some reason our food supply dramatically changes <laughs> and, and there's no relevance for a fork anymore because everything's yeah. liquid. Uh, you can only use spoons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's like not really going to happen. So no. a fork is a small scale technology that, that, that's, uh, that's going to always be a value. And then organizational dependent technology is, is like it says, dependent on an organization. So for example, uh, my automobile is is an example of organizational dependent technology because to make my automobile work, I need to get fuel. In order to get fuel, I depend on a company that that sources fuel, uh, and I'm not in a position, uh, either physically or economically, that I could probably ever source my own fuel. Well, I mean, we could debate that, but I'm, you get the idea. Um, and, and so, no, I'm, I'm not going out to Western Pennsylvania to dig in a hole and. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. doing some hydro fracking to make <laughs> ethanol no yeah of course not yeah so <laughs> but I, I i really like appreciated this way of thinking about it and because in our society we're trying i feel like in now it's cool to think about like what's what's cool what's good what's good technology what's bad technology and, and we often want to say all technology is bad or or of course there's people who say you know we need science to progress society and I, I, I'm, I'm curious how you interpreted this differentiation and, and like how you see this actually being relevant or practical or, or, if, you, or if, you, if, it's, if, it, if it has its own flaws. As just a, you know, oh, I stumbled upon the, the Unabomber's manifesto. As just a casual reader, I appreciated that he delineated those two different types of technology um, because they, they, they clarify, they they clarify the extent that the revolution um, will have to, how far the revolution will have to go. Yeah. Um, but if we take it at that, that seems like a big, big ask. <laughs> you're saying the change, like it's a dramatic change you're saying. That is a, that is a change that I think isn't just um, a, a blow to the last century. I think it's probably a blow to the last millennia. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So but you're, it, so you're it, speaking in a in, in sense of like practice, like what's actually a reasonable objective. And you're saying this is not a reasonable, like a reasonable, reasonable thing we could do in practice. I think it is the, I mean, the, the horror for me is, is that I think it's entirely possible. Yeah. The, the example he gives is um, in terms of regression of, of technological society, he gives um, the fall of the Roman Empire, right. which, is, which is a great example, I, I think. It, it feels like a cliche, um, and it was probably a cliche even when he was writing this, um, to think that you know, after the, the final fall of the Western Roman Empire, we went into the Middle Ages in Europe. Um, you know, the Middle yeah. East, 
China, Japan were flourishing, um, but most of Europe was in the Dark Ages because the the, the technology and the system that um, you know held it up quickly vanished. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to me, that that gives like a clear like delineation. Okay, like he's not talking about just like uh, when we invented airplanes or when we invented uh, electricity. Yeah, he's yeah. talking way back there. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he's <laughs> saying he's saying there. he says like the closest thing to the society that he would like to see is like a hunter gatherer society, like not even raising crops. No. You know, in the grand scheme of the history of the, of the world, you know, we, the, the planet's been here for 2 billion years or however long. Um, we've, human beings have only been here for 100,000 years, if that. Um, livable, like recorded society has only been around for somewhere between 15 and 10,000 years. Yeah. Um, there would need to be just a mass extinction. <laughs> Sure. I guess, literally, yeah. literally five billion people just could not exist on the planet. Yeah. And but I think that's as what he's much necessary. Like we, we already can't survive in a population that has eight billion people. We can't we can't survive in densely populated areas. He goes, we're so, we'd be so close together that we would we're already driving each other sane or driving ourselves insane. That we need people need to die in order to to provide a, 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 a reasonable way of life. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he would say that would the, the freedom that we would then recover would be worth that sacrifice. Even yeah. though he doesn't explicitly say the sacrifice is worth it. That is what's implied. That is what is at stake. Yeah. And as right as he is in terms of the impact of technological life. I don't know if that's worth it. (laughs) I don't think it's worth it. (laughs) Um, Even, even if, even if we did it humanely, you know, even if it took, Mm. if it took us, let's say it takes a thousand years Mm -hmm. to get, to get back to that simpler time. And that, you know, that's a, it's a natural process of depopulation. You know, people just don't have as many kids. People move away from cities. Cities naturally become smaller. Uh, people have less children. Um, and those people that pass away naturally do not, um, aren't re- re- reborn. I, that seems boring to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, 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 and that seems like such a kind of, you know, layman kind of attitude, but to me, and some people might, he, certainly Kaczynski and probably many of his followers and, 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 and probably even just people walking down the street, to me, to be human is to be in this horrible struggle that we've created for ourselves. <laughs> mm. oh, I like that. You know, you, you sound, you sound like, uh, I don't know, you got, you got some, Protestant theology. I don't know. You're referencing some sort of theology there. I mean, to embrace the suffering. I mean, if we replace original sin with the sin that's created by technology, then yes, that that would be a theological um, kind yeah. of underpinning to my argument here. I'm, but I, oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, you know, I, I'm just. I'm not going to debate you on like, yeah, we shouldn't evacuate. We shouldn't like kill. You know, yeah, that's that's probably not productive yeah, for us to, but, <laughs> to to dwell on that. No. It's not. It's not. But but I I did, you know. Okay, I, I was thinking about you know, Keith. You know, both you and I are our, our our mentor. You know, Doug Rushkoff. He talks about. He advocates for this idea of a circular economy. Like, well, you know, what if uh, we can focus money exchange in a, in a smaller, maybe it's a geographic space. And, and keep money flowing between those people. And what if we have an economic system that's biased to keep the money flowing that way? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I like that idea, but what I, what I like about, <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. What I like about this idea of small scale technology is it gives you a framework to see it actually being plausible. So I'm not gonna say, yes, we need to embrace that 
that, that methodology and say we should only use tools that are dependent on another organization or, or person. But I wonder if that can be used as a, as a platform to build on top of and say, how can we start with the basics, which are these tools that are only dependent, you're only dependent on, on yourself and the tool itself. Uh, and then how can we build on top of that uh, a system of, of, of dependence that's, that is still equitable uh, to people? I think there's an interesting dialogue there, um, and so I, I appreciate Kaczynski for sparking that, that those, those those thoughts at least or provoking that. I would um, I would wholesale agree with you uh, if <laughs> if it wasn't for all the murder. <laughs> yeah, that's the question. Because where, where, when you read this, how does him killing three people figure into? You know, well, how is he? Where, how is he meeting his actual goal? Yeah. So he 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 does um, put a justification on on one section. Let me let me pull up the paragraph. Yeah. I mean, what's what's great about this manifesto is, uh, and they come they they make kind of a, a joke about it in the docudrama mm. um, Manhunt: The Unabomber, starring Sam Worthington and uh, Paul Bettany. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it's great because he, every paragraph is numbered. <laughs> There's wow. footnotes. It's really, uh, for, for people like you and I, I mean, it's a dense read, but it's very comfortable in a way. Um, yeah. But, but he, he goes on to, to justify the violence, but basically in, basically in like one, one or two lines. And he says, in order to get our message before the public mm. with some chance of making a lasting impression, we've had to kill people. And that is, that is the nature of political violence. That is mm. the nature of political violence. It's, it's, it's completely that, that logic. Unfortunately, you can debate the, the morality of it back and forth forever. Um, but that is the logic of political violence um, to be listened the the act has to be so extreme and in this case it has to be the, to the point of murder yeah. um and okay fine but then you have to ask i think and again we don't have to continue to debate this after this but the, the question that has to come after that is okay we've listened now is this a conversation starter is this the way to start a new path for us. The example that you're discussing and that um, a, a version of it Douglas expounds upon and many others expound upon, um, including the leftists that um, Kaczynski vilifies, um, or is, is this it? Is, is, is the, the message and the outcome of that message, AKA bombings, are they of the same beast? Mm. Because I, I take Kaczynski at his word because the, the, the guy is in a maximum security prison. And obviously that is a attribute of the system he's, he's, he's raging against. Right. He's, he, the system he's battling, that is a precondition that's been created for him because of his violation of the social pact or whatever. Um, but that would have to continue. If, if his end goal isn't simply dialogue, but the actual so-called liberation from the technological state um, and not some kind of in-between, then it's very horrifying. Mm. And it's hard to, it's hard to, um, it's it's hard to to have those two pieces fit together without it being yeah without you like at the end of reading this going and just putting it aside and then going back to your nine to five going back to your mcdonald's and maybe hopefully one day making life a little bit better for mm. all the lives that are harmed by the system that we maintain it just seems like the, the, the horror that he's suggesting, that he's implying, um, it, it, it isn't, isn't worth turning back the clock on 
the horror that's already created. So, so Ted Kaczynski, he killed an, an attempt to, to murder uh, a series of people, mostly scholars who are invested in the sciences and innovation. And do you, and so you, do, do you actually think he believed he was making it? Do you think there was something he was actually trying to deliver by doing that action? Like, do you believe he actually thought he was making an impact? In terms of destroying the technological state or just in terms of getting his message out? I get, that's a good question. I guess I, I defaulted to the first, but you're right. Maybe, you're, maybe that's another argument is just those, those attacks were a means to, to make a statement. And just yeah, I, I think it's a uh, yeah, I think it's a means to an end and uh, ends to a mean because I think, oh god, I didn't think of that. Because I mean, if you think about it, um, he's targeting people that are you know, gen geneticists that he talks yeah. specifically about. He talks about um, he doesn't go into detail in airlines, but that is you know the 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 operation of an airline is just thousands upon millions of interlocking parts, both in a technological sense yeah. and a system, systemological sense. Um, I don't think systemological is a, a word, um, but, um, but the dude's got so patience. It, it's, it's, it's killing two birds with one stone. He's killing folks for 18, he's, I mean, he's hurting people or attempting to kill people for over 15 years before he mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. writes it out on paper and publishes it on paper and makes it public on mm -hmm. paper. Like, yeah. Like that's the most, that's like the darkest part of it is like, yeah. he was okay to live in that state with that level of, with that conscious for that long. So, yeah. So here's a, a, an extension of, of that kind of, uh, that element. Um, is he crazy? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean like, yeah, that's a good question. Is he crazy? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, like, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, everyone's a little crazy, but like, like, is he? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something going on. Like, he's impaired in a way that you or I might not be impaired. Like, yes. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't. I'm not a, a psychologist, psychiatrist. So I don't really. I'm not even going to try to get more than that. But I. But yeah, there's things that are impact that are happening in his brain that you and I don't have to deal with. I would believe that. Right. Do you so in the in the documentary series that's available on Netflix? Um, I'll, I'll include a link in the. This is not a plug for Netflix, but I will include. That's what a it link. sounds like. I love it when you say now featured on Netflix. <laughs> now featured on Netflix, available <laughs> wherever your Netflix is. Um, I, I will include a link in the description in the episode uh, description, but uh, they they do make a big deal about the. Uh, about the psychological damage that he experienced as a child. The, at the trial, he is deemed by a psychologist to be at least um, schizophrenic in some form, you know, clinically um, schizophrenic in some form. Um, how much of that do you think, how much of the damage of him as a person uh, you know, led him to the path that he took. I think, I think that here's what's dark. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say something that's a little bit dark, but that's I fine. Think, that's, that's, that's totally exactly what we're doing. Right. I, uh, I, I went on a diatribe about darkness. So don't worry about it. Right. I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think, I think his, I do believe that his mental state, like in a sense, liberated him and allowed him to see from a different perspective. I think it let him move his mind outside of his body and outside of his society and get a bird's eye view and reassess what he really wanted to live, what is what he wanted his life to be. And that is something that we should all, I think, to a certain extent, aspire for. I, I think I think to be able to step out of the confines of our of our world and society. And and and, and so I, I, I like respect him for that. Uh, but yes um i do believe like there's certain uh either spiritual or name like uh convictions that a person has and one of those is is, is not to hurt others <laughs> you know 
and and I and so I, I I commend him on part one of kind of you know freeing himself, you know, but but then he he abused that that opportunity. Um, that I guess that that's my interpretation. I don't know. It, what, what, what I think that makes I think that makes sense. Um, and the the reason I, I agree with it is I think because you use the word um, spiritual, yeah, because it it, it takes it out of. Um, it takes it out of the framework of psychosis mm. and out of, you know, like, you know, little chemical fires in the mm. brain mm. and it becomes, uh, something, something a little more moral, a little more moral, um, a little more complex in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we, th- we think of, you know, mental illness is extremely complex. Um, but the unfortunate truth of it is, is that so much of it is related to chemical impulses and imbalances um, inside the brain. And that's how it's studied and that's how it's discussed. Um, so I think, I think showing that there's a, a spiritual moral aspect of his kind of damage, mm. lack of a better word, um, that I think that's smart. I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, I mean, what he calls for is we need to change the whole world and the whole way the whole world functions. But you know, um, uh, 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 I guess you could say a leftist or a millennial, you know, postmodern perspective would say that it's on each individual to do that themselves. And um, do do you believe there's some truth in that, or do you think there's an opportunity, or or do you think there's some there's there's some I don't know. Yeah. Do you see some conviction or, or, or do you aspire for that at all? Or do you think I think at an individual level, I mean, to, to use the terminology he's coined, I mean, for my own power process, um, yeah. <laughs> I think I would. I would like to, you know, latch on to a specific goal that, you know, might be individualistic, but, you know, eventually lead to you know other people's freedom and including my own um you know that that would go against maybe in certain ways a leftist ideology because you know if i'm focused on my own emancipation (laughs) um then the emancipation of others is not necessarily tantamount or paramount Mm. um so um that's interesting because yeah. what we're talking about and what you're reflecting is starting to dabble with like, I'm kind of, oh God, I'm going to group things together, but some sort of, you know, some like what we think of as Eastern thought. But one thing that he really stresses mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is the use of, of rational, uh, of, of being like rational thinking and, 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 and uh, science and, and, and more, you know, quantitative thought. And, and that, I think that's interesting. He, he's, what he's reflecting is, is, is Eastern, but he, but he wants to ground himself and he's a, he's a PhD in math. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if there's some inner conflict there that he was seeing within himself that was, he was confused over. There's discussion in the documentary about his, um, potential gender issues, mm. um, that he at the very least looked into, um, aspects of living a transgender life. Right. Um, and it's only very briefly brought up in the documentary. Um, and that might be part of his journey in, ter- in terms of like, oh, I can, I can control everything about myself. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm truly free, yeah. my, my gender can be changed. Um, th- this, is a, this is a man that, you know, I, I, he, I don't think he openly um, says it out loud, but he's a virgin. He's, he hasn't probably had a real romantic um, relationship. Um, and I, and I, and I, I use the term, you know, virgin, not even necessarily in a, um, in a sexual sense, but in a truly romantic sense, um, right. which, you know, re- regardless of sexuality, regardless of even like asexuality, like people have romantic pulls. People have, you know, deep, profound connections um, to another partner. And that, that has not happened 
that that never happened for Ted Kaczynski. Um, and is that a product of his liberation from the technological society? Oh. Or is that a just a symptom of this damage um, and kind of uh, problematic morals and problematic spirituality that he's embodying, you know, through his, through his quest. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I simply don't know. It's just something, it's just another interesting part of this crazy puzzle. Yeah. Um, oh. Okay. So, so Keith, uh, you, you said you had two questions you wanted to, you wanted to say, or you wanted to ask, are they, yeah. have we already addressed them or are they, are they still up for the taking? We, we, we've definitely addressed um, the, the question of, is he crazy? Does yeah. he have some kind of psychosis um, yeah. as an individual and as like a potential, you know, revolutionary leader? But this is a very personal question. And this is a question I think, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe we could get this to Ted Kaczynski in Ooh. the Florence, uh, Colorado, Supermax, Alcatraz of the Rockies that he's imprisoned <laughs> in right now. I'm sure he would hate it. Um, <laughs> I mean, also probably because it's on a podcast, he, he probably wouldn't like that. But this question, I think, I, the question I think you would like, are, are you free? Mm. Do, you, do you feel, I, I have my answer, but, but, but Mike, do you, do you feel like a free individual? No, and, I mean, and, no, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say in, in specifically in the society that, uh, that Kaczynski is, is, is fighting against. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't, uh, I don't know where to, I, how to defend that, but, but yeah, I, I, I don't think you have to defend it. I think to, to me, um, that doesn't seem I mean, that doesn't seem like that. Um, that doesn't seem as bad as a thing as maybe Kaczynski thinks it is. And I agree. I'm not free either. I'm okay. not free either. Okay. No, I, I, I asked myself that question at the, at the end of, I, I, I actually asked it um, uh, before I finished the manifesto, but not, um, but, but after I finished the docu-series. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the docudrama rather. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought that I'm, I'm down here living on my own, um, very untethered yeah. to, um, you know, material needs, um, and consider myself lucky for that. Um, and in, in a way that's freedom, but, um, I, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I mean, right now, as we speak, I'm, I can't leave my apartment, right. but, um, twice a week because of the failure of the technological system. <laughs> so right. I am, I am most assuredly not free. Do you, do you, do you, can you think of someone that you know in your life that is freer than you? And I don't need to hear who they are, but I mean that to say like, can you imagine what freedom looks like? I, I, I don't know. I don't think I know that person on a personal level. But I, I think I know who that. I think I have a, a frame of reference of who that is. I, I have I have a a friend uh, that um, that that I think of, and and I've already I've already thought about this that they have a certain level of freedom that I that I don't, uh, and I and I I didn't call it that. Um, I'm but I, I knew there was something different, and and this is someone there. It's a they're, they're, they're what, 30, 31, um, couple that's married has, and I'm going to, I'm going to, sounds like I'm going to describe like the, the American family, but they, they, they have a few children and they don't care about the, the money. Like the, for some reason, like they, they don't care about money because they have a network of other community members and families mm. that they know have their back. They have relationships mm. with people that trump anything of, of, of this world. And, and that includes yeah. technology and includes, uh, you know, 
currency. And so, and, 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 and they don't, so they don't take risks because they're millionaires. They're, they're in debt, but they take risks because they know they, that humanity is on their side. Mm. Um, mm. And, and that, I, I think we could have a whole other episode just on, on what, what the cross section between Kaczynski and, and money <laughs> and, and, and sense of work and capitalism is. Uh, oh, absolutely. And he, um, I think that it's, that's such a, that's a very, very hopeful and I think optimistic and, and, and very positive uh, message to, to, to think about in light of just kind of the kind of darkness that is um, the, you know, Ted Kaczynski's story um, that, that you can see, find that person um, and it's someone you know and, and it's someone that, you know, obviously is very high level of trust um, in society. Um, but he, he, he doesn't talk about capitalism really in, mm -hmm. in the manifesto. Well, it doesn't he, really come he, up. He doesn't mention well, Marx at all. Well, he, he does. He, he, he makes a point to say like socialism or communism is not any better than capitalism. Like don't like, like the, 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 the they both suppress. Right. That, that's the, the closest he really gets to, right. um, in terms of adding those ideologies, those economic ideologies into the, the, the world that he's discussing. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I think, um, you know, we, like you said, we could, we could talk about this endlessly. Right. <laughs> we could talk about this forever, but I, I like um, ending on, on that, on that positive note yeah. that, you know, there, you have someone you have maybe not someone not like a lodestar, but you, you have someone that you say they're, they're making the best of it. They're, they're on, they're, they're on a path that um, perhaps even Kaczynski can, uh, you know, f f find some little glimmer in. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, I'll be honest. I'll say my, 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 my rating or my score has changed over our conversation. Cause first of all, this conversation was like very therapeutic just to talk some of this out. Cause this reading sparks all sort of thoughts, but do you, do you feel, do you feel confident with your score? Do you want to, do you want to share, you want to share first? Yeah, I, I think um, my, my score definitely um, changed a little bit um, over the conversation as well. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'll go first. Um, I, I think as a manifesto, uh, I'm going to use really cool slang here. It bangs. <laughs> it's, it slaps. Yeah, this it. manifesto does not mess around. I mean, I was coming in guns a blazing. This is as strictly speaking, a manifesto pretty damn good. <laughs> um, it, 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 it hits its points. Um, I do have to concede that idea that a little too much talk about the leftism and that kind of derails it at the end. Um, but it's a mission statement. It is a call to action and it is a, in certain ways, a instruction manual to, for things to come. Um, but <laughs> it is far, far too pessimistic in my view. Um, and I'm not entirely sure it's coming from a place of hope, honesty, um, that I, I think a manifesto needs. We talk about other manifestos. There, there is some hope in there. Um, and there's, there's not entirely a positive call to arms here. Um, in, in secondary, uh, you and I, you know, we both said it was kind of dense reading. There's a lot going on here. Um, I kind of expound upon the the positives of an academic <laughs> literature style, mm. um, but that's that's a steep curve for most people. Um, I, I think everyone can read this, but it will take a lot of people practice, and I think that's a little bit of a barrier. Um, you know, you, you said like, Hey, 
you're getting this thing in the Washington Post. You you killed all these mm. people. This thing better be <laughs> totally golden. Um, and it, it works as a manifesto, but I don't know if it works as um, a succinct, clear message. So I think it loses points on pessimism and a little bit of fuzziness um, hmm. in, in terms of readability, um, just in terms of readability. So I'm going to go with a 3.8 out of five stars for industrial society and its future, the Unabomber Manifesto. So I, I uh, this was, this, what I appreciate about this manifesto is it, it, even though he has a clear perspective and a clear opinion, it opens up lots of news doors for the reader of things to think about and reflect on. Mm. Uh, and I think, I think that's valuable for, for anybody. I, 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 I like, uh, I, I know, it, you know, you said it's dense I, and, and a little bit hard to read. I, I think it is dense, but I, I, I felt like it was, uh, I really liked the way it was sectioned and organized with the numbers for each paragraph. It really helped. There was a beginning to end and end to each section. And you could, you could, you could feel that, I don't know, it, it helped organize thoughts really, really more easily. Uh, I, I definitely losing some points on, I think his own personal frustrations getting wrapped up in what he thinks of as uh, more of a philosophical approach to, to see the world. Um, but I, 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 like, I, like I said before, I really, I really admire some of the, some of the questions that he makes you ask um, in regards to, especially what we talked about with in terms of different ways to perceive technology. And I'm going to give this a, a 4.1. Um, and I, I'm probably going to, I, I feel like this is written in the way that I could grab a few paragraphs or I could grab a few sections and share them with someone and get a point across. And I appreciate that. And, and that, mm. that, that's part of what gives a little bit, um, some extra points. Okay. Okay. I think that's, that's a good point. Um, interesting. In terms, <laughs> in, in, no, in, in, in terms of, in terms of chopping up, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. Keith, you know um, what I, what I love? Yeah. Uh, is, is like, he would, he would, first of all, we're, we're quantifying, uh, his, his, He's a mathematician, but we're quantifying his, 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 his beliefs and his writing. And like, the reality is that you and I, let's be, let's be truthful. We're, we're, we make this podcast because we want an excuse to have these conversations and do our homework. Like, <laughs> like he would resent that. Like, cause like we are playing the game of like, if we want to do, if we want to be someone, if we want to do anything, then you got to make a podcast and you got to promote it. And you got to edit it and you got to, you got to find a way, even though we're on different parts of the world and we shouldn't be talking to each other whatsoever, we still do it. Like he, like he, he resents us. Uh, and I, 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 I'm okay with that. Um, and I appreciate his thoughts and I'm okay with that. Um, so I, I don't feel comfortable writing him a letter to mail, uh, in, in jail. Sorry. Uh, uh, cause I, I, you know, God knows what he would think, but, um, I wonder if he knows what a podcast is. Probably. Who knows? Yeah. I, I wondered about this, especially when he's talking about, um, about artificial intelligence. It's like he, he lived in that, in the cabin in Montana since like about the mid seventies. Yeah. <laughs> he probably hasn't seen Terminator. <laughs> Damn it! It was one thing before before I die. I'm gonna make sure Ted Kaczynski sees Terminator before he dies. I should say. I mean, yeah. I mean, why? I mean, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem good. He should see Terminator. <laughs> Let's consider writing a letter, and and then we'll 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 share in a few future episode if if we do and if we get a response. Okay. All right. That sounds good. I think we might have to type all this up about the whole transcript. Oh yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Maybe we could send it on a, we could record it on a yak back and just send it and it's just, just click the button. <laughs> he knows how to use that. Uh, that was like yeah. It's in, in, instructions are on the, are on the yak back player. Yeah. Play. Oh, man. 
I love that. Uh, all right. Well, um, that is episode five in the books of Five Star Manifesto. Um, very much our uh, inspiration, inspirational episode. Um, and I have got good news. We are officially on iTunes. Whoa. Oh. We are officially on Spotify. Did Tim Cook approve us? He reviewed it? He liked Tim us? Cook approved us. Oh. The man in power who is freer than us allowed us to spread our message to the world um, in the form of ACC audio files. Um, go and rate and review us on iTunes. Rate and review us on Spotify. Do not send us any mail bombs, um, but do go on to our anchor.fm page and let us know what is your manifesto? What do you think about the Unabomber manifesto? Tell us the words that you live by. Well, I think that about does it for Five Star Manifesto and Mike Bass. I'm Keith Lavacqua saying keep on keeping on. Peace. Notes and reading links can be found in the episode description. Our theme music is Royale by Josh Lippy and the Overtimer.